0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Monkey Mentor One shares with us his path to landing a job in implementation consulting from a non target with a low GPA. Enjoy. All right, Monkey Mentor One, thank you so much for joining us today. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Staying busy. Awesome. Um, so, if you could just start off giving the listeners a little bit of background about kind of uh, what you've been up to in the last year, and that'd be great.
1: Yep. So, just to give you a brief background of myself, I am a recent grad. I graduated in May uh 2018, uh, I come from a non target school uh, low GPA. So I was, uh, below 3.2 and I am now implementation, um, slash tech consultant, uh, associate consultant at a, uh, boutique firm.
0: Great. Can you tell me a little bit, um, about the recruiting and what it was like coming out from a non-target with a low GPA? Um, were you just completely striking out in interviews? Did you land some interviews? Did you have to go about it a special way?
1: Yeah. So uh, my first uh, line of you know reaching out for recruiting wasn't just uh, you know leveraging my connections, which is probably what I should have gone to um, first. My 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 first effort was shameless, LinkedIn cold emails. Um, I did this mainly to build relationships, as I realized early on in the process, just asking for references wasn't um, successful. So this, this meant, you know, getting on phone calls, grabbing coffee, actually building a relationship over the course of a few months. And I actually, I ended up doing this pretty late. Uh, I went to uh, a school that, that had an entrepreneurship program and I, 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 I will say I got suckered into entrepreneurship. Uh, you
0: dabbled. Sort of <laughs> you, yeah, I dabbled. Yeah.
1: Yeah, entrepreneurship is certainly something that's super sexy and, like, really easy to market, especially for schools nowadays. And, and I, I felt like I was sort of um, lured into the, the, the sexiness of entrepreneurship. But, yeah, I, I, I transitioned away from that, and, and I was part of the process a little bit late. But coming from a non-target school, it was really helpful to use the alumni database. I think, uh, I mean, even if you are at a target school, the alumni database is more than happy to, to help you out, give you an intro or get on the phone, even if it's for just 15 minutes or to grab a cup of coffee, my reply rate on emails to, to uh, the alumni database, um, people who attended my school in the past was, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but upwards to about 95%. Wow. All willing to get on a phone call. Yeah. I mean, and that might just be, that's, that's, like I said, that's my experience. That might just be because of how small my school was and how, um, you know, close knit the community is, but I would say besides probably the number one thing that, that helped the most was the, the LinkedIn, um, outreach, but the alumni database probably provided the most because the company I work at now, um, you know, had somebody from, from, from there
0: and specifically on the alumni database and your outreach there, was it typically like an email, like a kind of, you know, in quotes, cold email, it's not as cold because it's, you know, the same school, but was it something where you had a certain formula that you use in terms of how to introduce yourself? Um, is there anything you can kind of give the listeners a little bit of, a, of guidance in terms of how to structure that kind of initial outreach in yeah. terms of the ones that, yeah. the ones on LinkedIn that are completely cold and then the ones that are, you know, to the alumni, is there kind of a difference that you would, you would do?
1: Yeah, there is a difference. Um, obviously coming from the university they know what your education background is like and so they know what you've sort of been through yep uh i would say they want to know that if they're going to invest the time and i I would say this probably is across the board they want to know if they're going to invest the time to to you know connect with you and and give you advice and help you out that they want to make sure that you do your your research um i can't tell you how many times Um, I I mean, now I have people reaching out to me who, who, you know, you can just tell by the way they, you know, the way they write their email, the way their lack of responsiveness, that they're not really in it. And I think I suffered from that in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to reach out to these people and they're going to help me out. Well, no, you need to know, you know, the company. You need to know a little bit about their position or ask them about the position, show that you care. Otherwise, they're not going to be willing to help you out. So I think it's a little naive and it was naive of me. To uh, assume that, you know, I could just say, hey, you want to get on a call and help me get a job at so and so firm? I'm really interested in this. But, you know, I think they really appreciate you. I mean, people like talking about themselves, right? So right. If you're asking them about their experience and, you know, leveraging their expertise to learn as opposed to, to get me into the firm, they're more than happy to help you out. And, and I would say it's the same for myself uh, as I've experienced it over, just, just as an entry level position, having people reach out
0: to me. Makes sense. And then in terms of, so, you know, you were able to start kind of building those real relationships, coffee chats, and all is that what eventually landed, uh, ended up getting you an offer at a firm? Was it, It's you said, you know, kind of it was through the alumni network, but was that something um, that took a long time. Was that like a three month thing? Or Was it a five month? Was it a long process? I guess is the question,
1: uh, I think it, it could have been a longer process. Mm-hmm. I had the advantage of going to school in the same city that the job was, uh, being, you know, offered in and I had gone home. I'm actually was out of state. So I actually offered, I was like, I am going to fly in and I will come see you guys and interview and i think that probably expedited the process but just showing that initiative and having that connection probably helped them reconsider because if if i'm being honest i did not perform well on the case interviews mm-hmm. um and i can get into that a little bit later but i think my initiative and 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 my quick learning uh helped me get uh into the firm
0: awesome hey, can you tell me a little bit more i'm not very familiar with uh the implementation consulting world can you give me a, just a, you know maybe a a brief summary in terms of the type of work that you guys do, you know, what clients you're working, what are you helping your clients with specifically um, on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah. So this implementation consulting is something that nobody really talks about much. You know, everyone really, when they think of consulting, thinks of strategy or management consulting. And it's a little bit different, honestly, because all the big firms in that space, in the strategy consulting space in the MVB world. They all have their own practices of implementation consulting. Right. And then there's sort of like this middle tier of a bunch of smaller firms that can, you know, dedicate more resources. And it's a little bit more uh, interpersonal as opposed to we're going to implement this software for you and then get the fuck out. Right. Um, I don't know if I can swear. I'm, no, you I'm can't. Right. It's fine. That's no, fine.
0: <laughs> it's um, fine.
1: So, uh, yeah, so I mean, what's different for me as opposed to someone who's at a firm like Bain doing implementation consulting is that I have two responsibilities, one being project work and the other being post-production support. And what that project work is is probably your more traditional uh, consulting. It's you know, teams of three to five working to help the client implement the system. Um, it's road mapping. It's a lot of calls, um, and my main role within that is the data translations, um, so I play the support role as an entry-level associate to make sure that the data tra- uh, transitioning, that I'm meeting with you know, the people on the client side to make sure that what they have in their business can be uh, recreated in the system, because they're, like, if I were to give
0: should, should I, real real, qu- real quick, should I think of this as like CRM systems, uh, like back-end systems Correct. for like databases, Correct. stuff like that? Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, got it. Anything from like Oracle systems, uh, PeopleSoft, uh, Salesforce. Got it. Okay. The, the ecosystem spans all those systems. Got it. Um, and I, I can sort of kind of get into, you know, if, if, if you feel like you're settling for implementation consulting as opposed to strategy, how you can sort of. Um, frame it if you want to do the transition. But yeah, so uh, you're pretty much strategizing a way to 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 help the client implement this system. Uh, the best analogy would be the company or the software is the Legos, and we are the people that put the Legos together.
0: Got it. Great.
1: And then the uh, second uh, side of the job would be the post-production support, which is just a ticketing system. Where you do like break fix enhancements and um, you know, that's just
0: based on incoming requests. Got it. And are these you said like Oracle, SAP, all this stuff. So oftentimes it's like a third party vendor. Do you have to actually become like an expert in those systems, or how do you actually get even trained for that? Or is it more like you're working with other third party consultants to kind of help the client interface?
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's something that's interesting about working for the smaller firm. At a bigger firm, you need to go through the certification process. Right. You need to get a formal certification, otherwise they don't want you. Whereas I'm being groomed as a consultant, and I'm not necessarily marketed to the clients as a you know insert system here expert. And which is what I like. Uh, I like that I'm not sort of pigeonholed into something and I have more exit ops as opposed to somebody that's like, I'm gonna be Salesforce sort of right. And then they're like, Oh shit, I wanna go to Oracle now. Right. And, and you know, that that's never something that interested me. I just like the multiple project streams. So um, I would definitely, if you're doing implementation consulting, recommend that unless you want to be an expert.
0: Got it. Okay. And then in terms of like a typical day, week, do you mind giving us a little bit of a kind of flavor of that?
1: So, I mean, like I said, there's two parts mm-hmm. to, to the job. There's the project work and then the ticketing. Uh, the ticketing is usually what I try to handle first just because it's break-fix. Um, I handle financial uh, reporting. Mm-hmm. So I'll usually, you know, I'd, a financial statement looks the same regardless of where you go or, or pretty much the same. So it's right. I pretty much have that down to a science. If I get a ticket, you know, something's not pulling in. I go in and fix it, get that covered, uh, check my emails. That's usually my morning. And then it sort of gets into the nitty gritty. Uh, The travel is minimal, probably 25%. So I don't do a lot of that on a week-to-week basis. I know that's something that a lot of people are interested in uh, for consulting. I wish I could do it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually been on any trips, which is, is, it's been nice. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, the attractiveness of consulting is the ability to, you know, be in different boardrooms and be with decision makers. And I do that just on, on like a video conference or on a phone call. So that's right. usually what my, what my project work consists of. And then the rest is just, you know, head down um, doing data translations.
0: Got it. Okay. And then specifically any one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self, meaning I know you've only oh. been in the industry for a little while, but like, if you had to look back to like, you say your sophomore year, is there something you would have told yourself?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably choose a better concentration slash major, depending on, you know, what kind of school you go to and then shoot for the top organizations for internships. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the top firms, uh, you know, my initial goal was strategy consulting and I had to settle for, I I hate to say settle because I love my job, but I, I had to sort of settle for implementation consulting because it was my second option due to, you know, low GPA and, and a, a late transition towards you know more technical uh, traditional uh, roles. Just, just like you know, entrepreneurship, just avoid it at all costs. Just and, <laughs> and
0: get, and I think that's good. that's different from what a lot of people are hearing nowadays um, out there. I think it's not right for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people get suckered into that. But uh, question question about the uh, the management consulting. I'm curious with your GPA coming from a non-target, were you able to get any looks, even get an interview? Or was it just like, you're just roadblocked?
1: So that's something I actually talked a lot about with uh, some of my mentors. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you're hitting the right, like resume screening buzzwords, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I was always proud of my GPA. I put it on my resume. And I think that probably knocked me off of a lot of, uh, of, uh, processes. Yeah. You know, of processes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I was always okay with talking about it. And I think that's something that's important. If you have a narrative that goes along with it, and I had to have that conversation with my current employer, um, you know, I, I dealt with some health complications my my first three years of college, which I am now over, which is good. Yep. But, you know, that contributed a lot to it. And firms do understand that, but you need to get in the door before you can have that conversation. So Absolutely. for anyone with a low GPA, I would recommend out of college, it's a little bit tough, but as as an experienced hire, you know, if you need to get that implementation consulting job or that boutique management consulting firm job, get, you know, a couple of years under your belt and then frame yourself as an experienced hire, as opposed to, uh, you know, um, a recent grad hire, it's much easier to, to get in the door.
0: Absolutely, I would second that 100. percent I think once you, once you have those few years of experience, you become so much more marketable, um, especially if you've done well and you have decent references and stuff. But okay, so real quick, any funny or interesting stories from uh, your first get, you know, your first gig out of school or anything from friends you'd like to share? Uh,
1: nothing, nothing too, too interesting. Just being in a in an office that you know we we're all tech consultants. Uh, we're all on calls and, and, you know, it's the age of the AirPods and no one really knows if someone's listening to music or on a call. Uh, And uh, I've had, I've had a situation where I, I, think it was me. Yeah. I, I, I went up to a coworker who was on the call and I was kind of bad mouthing the client. (laughs) Uh, I was bad mouthing. Yeah. I was bad mouthing another client, but it just didn't, it didn't look good. But uh, thankfully it was, it was, uh, somebody that we know, and and and
0: uh, <laughs> it's and a good lesson off. there. But Beware of AirPods.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it
0: was funny, but it, it happened. Nice, nice. And then, uh, do you mind sharing your pay or a range of pay for your uh, this specific role? Kind of what people could expect at a implementation consulting kind of smaller firm. Yeah,
1: uh, I would say I don't know if my position is representative of it. I would I I started around. I'm I'm totally comfortable talking about it. Yeah. I started around 60 mm-hmm. and uh quickly moved up to around 75 mm-hmm. in the first few months. So if you're I mean I think just because it was maybe due to the size of my firm they wanted to make sure that I was going to stay. Right. Um and then once you you're going to stay they'll quickly bump
0: you up. Nice. And then yeah, next steps what do you think for your next steps, you're going to be there for a few years. Are you thinking maybe try to transition to strategy? Are you thinking maybe stay in implementation? What, what's the thoughts there?
1: Yeah, so there's a few options. I'll just cover all of them, yep. um, and then I'll kind of get into what I was going to do. Uh, the Probably the, the biggest and most popular for people in, in my space is to move to a bigger implement, implementation consulting firm. So like a Bain or, or a BCG, uh, BCG is probably, yeah, BCG is probably the best because they've really adopted the whole tech uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something like that would be good. Um, the other option would be going client side. Uh, that's something that I have zero interest in just because I see how these clients operate and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. And I feel sorry for anybody that decides to do it. Um, and then the final option would be a pivot to strategy um, as an experienced hire. Uh, this probably should be done before you reach the principal consultant level because at that point you would be considered what they call an architect. And I think you're a little bit too pigeonholed at that point and, and it's a little bit too technical and, and much harder to make the switch. Whereas if you you know get your first uh, position out of college, wait a couple of years and, and really do some good work and put your head down, Um, You have a much better opportunity uh, to pivot into strategy with some good networking and uh, case prep, which I would like to
0: stress. Nice. Nice. So I guess to wrap up, we often like to play a little fun game called Silver Bananas. Where I mention a topic or opinion and you give it anywhere between zero and five silver bananas. So zero being you strongly disagree and five bananas being you strongly agree. So I'm just going to make a statement and then you just shoot out a score. How does that sound? Got it. All right. Ready? Consulting is underrated. Uh, Two. It's easy to land interviews. It's hard to land offers.
1: 4.
0: Soft skills are underrated. Uh, I'll,
1: give that a, I'll give that a 0.
0: Okay. Employment options for undergraduates today have never been better. Uh, I'll put that at a 3. Okay. And students looking for their first job should value the quality of the experience over the pay. <laughs> you're like you need to get paid right man
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah four.
0: all right fair enough um great so no i really appreciate it um again uh this is uh monkey mentor one if you guys want to chat with with him then feel free to join the ama that's ongoing right now thanks so much I really appreciate you joining thanks and thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at street And until next time.